long beloved by football fans in New England, maybe not so much by the rest of the country, quarterback Tom Brady officially retired today. After 22 seasons, seven championships, including 20 years of playing for the New England Patriots, this is And Another Thing, I'm Derek Kennedy. Ahead, we learn about his strategy for winning, which began early in his career. He knew who he was when he got here. Knowing who he's playing against, knowing his tendencies, what he does the most on first down, what he does the most on second down. He demanded, not respect, but demanded control of the huddle as a rookie. More with former Patriots running back and Tom Brady teammate Kevin Falk coming up. I'm Maya Schwader. It wasn't all rosy playing with Tom Brady. Hall of Famer Charles Woodson explains the history-making play that changed the rules of the NFL and led Brady to a championship. Also, a sports psychologist speaks to the mental grit that motivated Brady to fly above the middling expectations of him. All that after news from around the region. In his draft year, Tom Brady was not whom you might have picked as a rising star. His 199th placement, well, nothing to sneeze at, did not cut him out to be the next great athlete. And then the wins started. Three Super Bowls in the first five years of his tenure with the Patriots, 14 come from behind wins, the most of any quarterback in the league, and seven Super Bowl rings before the end, six for the Patriots. How did Tom Brady change the game, and how did he change the idea of what an athlete is? Welcome to And Another Thing, I'm Maya Schwader. I'm Dara Kennedy. Tom Brady became more than just a quarterback. He became a symbol of leadership and the power of believing in yourself and your skills. According to Patriots team owner Robert Kraft, when Brady first introduced himself, he said, you're going to be very happy you drafted me. We are now joined by Kevin Falk, who was Tom Brady's running back and go-to man for many years. Kevin, thank you for joining the show. I, I got to get right to it. I used to sit beside you after those games when we covered the Patriots, but before you were my analyst, you were right there underneath for Tom Brady. What's it mean to you that he has decided to hang up his cleats? It's like you're happy and you're sad at the same time. Um, for me, it's like, okay, I retired all over again. Um, he was our general. He was the leader of the team. Um, so it's like, damn, it's gone. <laughs> and when you did retire, I remember Tom didn't want you to retire. He said, don't you still have a little bit more left in you? He was always cheering <laughs> for you and alongside you. Uh, always, always, whatever level. If you want to be successful on the football field, if you know half the stuff the quarterback knows, you're going to be all right. Because if you knew what Tom Brady, you, you pretty much knew what was coming. What was so special about the way Tom Brady played? Because what you just said, if you know who he is, then you know how he can play. But people couldn't stop him. Study, persistence, knowing, like I tell people all the time, knowing who he's playing against, knowing the defensive coordinator, knowing his tendencies, what he does the most on first down, what he does the most on second down, what's his favorite blitz the third down, all of that. And that's all before the season even starts. So that, that for me, that... He, he put his life into football. With him putting his life into football and then making that announcement this morning, which was a very touching announcement, Kevin, he thanked everyone from the trainers to the fans in Tampa Bay, and not once did he mention a Patriot, a Patriot coach, Dunkin' Donuts, Gillette Stadium, not even the fans of New England. What did you take from that? I didn't 
take nothing from that. This is a place that he just finished with the past two years. I think Tampa and New England is a separate situation for him, and I think he will address that. Playing your career with Tom Brady, is there a top moment that stands out in your mind? A lot of moments. There's a lot of moments, and I think it's one of the games that he first started for uh, New England. And it was that um that Indianapolis Colts game against uh the Colts and Peyton Manning, and we came out victorious. Was it a perfect game? But we came out victorious in that game. And at that point, you knew who he was when he got here because he he demanded, you know, not respect, but demanded control of the huddle as a rookie. Out of those three Super Bowls, which one do you think was the most challenging for him, for you as teammates? The one that was the most challenging? Hmm. They all they 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 all were challenging. <laughs> they all were what, three points or less. <laughs> we always joked around about which which Super Bowl probably was the hardest or the toughest, and we always say the next one because that was always the goal. That was always the next thing. Like let's try to get another. Kevin, after you retired and, and you became a, a football analyst, we would speak a lot about Coach Bill Belichick and how he coached the Patriots but kind of let Tom Brady do his thing. Do you think that was what was most successful in their relationship and for the organization? Well, that was a trust factor there. Bill trusted that Tom knew exactly what he was doing, and he was right. Like I said earlier, Tom studied his butt off. Tom knew pretty much what was going to happen um, you had this guy very well as a defensive coordinator to get, you know, Tom confused. But when he called your number, this is what players have said to play with him. You had to be ready or you might not get your number called again. He rose, he rose everybody else to the occasion on the offense, on the team in general. By his, just his play, he wasn't the most athletic person. He wasn't the, the, the most fast. He wasn't the fastest person. But, he, boy, he sure competed with everybody. I can remember all season trying to compete with the receivers, Dion, Branch, and David Gibbs. I can remember him trying to compete with, like, like I were explosive drills. But all of that was team bonding. All of that was him, you know, building a relationship with those guys and those guys building a relationship with him. That, that's the thing that made him stand out most. It's such a void for him to leave the NFL, but you saw that it was such a void for him to leave New England. People still support it because the Patriots are actually a regional team. Were you surprised when he signed with Tampa Bay? Mm, no, not really. For him, it was the perfect fit. It fit him. <laughs> Honestly, you know, with the, the receivers on the outside, the slot receivers, good running backs, and, you know, pretty good offensive line. And then you got an old buddy that come out of retirement to come help you. So it was a perfect fit, really. And you got a, a really good coach. He has reached out to some of the young quarterbacks, whether it's been during the season and he's played them. And people have said Tom is leaving the game in good hands. Do you think that the future of the quarterback position is bright now that Tom Brady is departing from the league? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, they got a few guys. Um, and I, I think he knows that. I think he understands that. And with all the other things that, that he weighed to make his decision, I think that was one of them. Kevin Falk. Three championships alongside Tom Brady, not just a running back, but also his friend. What will you say to him when you speak to him if you haven't already? Uh, you know, just enjoy the time. Well needed. Obviously, he knows that his family needs him. It's the time that his kids are really getting older now. Uh, we missed out on a whole lot that we don't realize that's playing football. And I, and I know he, he can't wait to get to that. Do you have any words of encouragement and keep your head up for the Patriots fans up here? Uh, we'll be all right. We're in good hands. <laughs> Kevin Falk, thank you so much for joining us on And Another Thing. 
By his third year of professional play, Tom Brady had positioned the New England Patriots to the top of the league. But before he claimed the record for the most touchdowns in NFL history, 624, most playoff wins in history, 35, most Super Bowl appearances, 10, and before he became a sixth-round draft pick, Tom Brady had learned perseverance. Before his history-making seven Lombardi Trophy wins, Tom Brady was seventh on the University of Michigan quarterback depth chart, and he won a share of a national championship alongside teammate Charles Woodson. Though they celebrated as collegiates, the friends would battle as professionals bitterly, in fact, in one game at Foxborough exactly 20 years ago. And we are now joined by newly cemented Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. And Charles, you did not play for the Patriots, but Tom was your quarterback at the University of Michigan. What's this void going to be like with Tom Brady leaving? Oh, man, I think the phrase they have, you know, as far as who are the guys that you can't talk about the history of the NFL without, you know, certainly this is going to be a name at the top of the list. Just the sheer number of Super Bowls that he's been a part of, that he's been in, and that he's won. You know, you 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 can't talk about basically a third of the Super Bowls ever played you know, without <laughs> talking about Tom Brady. So there's a there's a, there'll be a huge void left, you know, with him leaving the game. But man, left us left us a lot of memories. While you were at Michigan, he was your quarterback. That was your first championship. You went up to Foxborough. My entire audience knows in this region what happened when the Oakland Raiders came in to play the New England Patriots. There's a rule for that now. What's the name of it, Charles? They they changed it. So, but you know what it is. I mean, everybody knows the tug rule. You know and what happened. You know during that game. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 a it's a call that'll that'll go down in history, man, as as one of the calls that each and every person in the world that, that watched that game or knows anything about it. They know exactly where they were when that call happened. It's one of those historical moments in football. So, you know, on my side of it, horrible call, of course, on, on the side of, you know, the people and your listeners up there in the, in the Northeast, for them, it's a great call, you know, but uh, it's one of those things, man, that happened. And, you know, we both, you know, end up going on to have, you know, our respective careers. But um, I think in terms of his career and what he accomplished, you know, his accomplishments will, will be first amongst just about anybody who's ever played the game. Seven championships he goes out at the age of 44 after 20 years. In that game and about that talk rule, Charles, you were going in for the sack. You were trying to get to your first championship at that time. What was that feeling like, knowing that that was your college teammate, but then here he is stopping you from winning another championship? Well, at the time, it was, it was pretty devastating, you know, um, you know, I remember that year I had gone through, you know, turf toe. And I think each and every player probably feels the same way. You know, when you go out and, and you give everything you have on the field, man, and you, you make these sacrifices and you, you know, the brutal part of, you know, putting a needle in your body to numb yourself and you don't want it to come down to a call, you know, from a from an official who overturns a call that you and your heart know is the right call. And so it was, it was, it was tough, you know, from that standpoint. Our team had put a lot into that. And going on to the going on the road in New England, where everybody thought that you know no West Coast team was going to be able to come and withstand the elements and be able to win there, and, and we went there and put on a, a great show, and you know we thought we had the game. We've talked with his teammates that have 
been along the ride with him over these years, but what was it like from a defensive standpoint? Somebody at your level, former Heisman Trophy winner, defensive player of the year, what was it like trying to defend a Tom Brady? Well, he's, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, there's a, there's a few of them that you play. You know, you talk about Tom, you talk about Peyton and, you know, Drew Brees and those guys. Those are the guys, man, who, you know, the, the game for them is, is, is it's, it's neck up, man. And, you know, they, they know the game so well. You know, they spend tons and tons of hours, days and night watching film just to know exactly what it is that, that you're going to do. And they, they know what you're going to do before it even happens. And if you can't get to them as a, as a defense, as a pass rush, and, or try to disguise and get them off their game, man, it's going to get ugly for you. And uh, he was certainly one of those guys. So that's what made it so tough because, you know, the, a, a cliche response is that, you know, he knew the answers to the test, you know. And, and so that's what made him so tough to defend. You not long ago went through making the emotional statement tossing and turning at night, talking to your family about if you walk away from the game. Do you think it was time for him to do so? Well, in terms of, you know, can he play the game and could he still go on and play the game? Of, of You know, no. But I think for every player that plays a, a certain amount of time, you know when is when. And I think for him, he, he knows that he could go out and play another season, no problem. But I think he probably woke up one day, as I did, you know, my last year plan, and I knew, you know what, this is going to be my last year. So I think it just hit him at, at, at a point in time, some point this season. Maybe it was after that game, the last game. Maybe it was sometime during the season like it happened for me where he knew, you know what, this is going to be it. Only that person knows. And, and even though you, you may have conversations with, with your family or whatnot, nothing pulls you away from the game unless in your mind you know you can't do it anymore. And so – or, or not that you can't do it anymore, is that you, you don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to put that time into it anymore. So um, he can certainly keep playing, I'm sure, if he wanted to, but it comes at a time when you just know. And what words will you say to Tom when you finally speak to him, if you haven't already? Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I you know, sent him a, a message and, and just told him, man, you know, shit, it's been a hell of a run, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, just can't wait to see what, what he has in store uh, for the next, you know, chapter. So, I mean, that's that's basically it. Charles Woodson, Hall of Famer, NFL champion, Heisman Trophy winner, Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations on your success, and thank you for joining us on And Another Thing. No problem. Thanks for having me on. When we come back, a sports psychologist breaks down what we can all learn from Brady's mental acuity and grit. That's next on And Another Thing. Stay with us. Welcome back to And Another Thing. I'm Derek Kennedy with Maya Schwader. Today we're discussing the departure of the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Quarterback Tom Brady, the winningest in NFL history, decided to step down and hang up his cleats. In a statement on Tuesday morning, he said that he believed football was an all-in proposition and that, quote, he was not going to make that competitive commitment anymore, end quote. Well, that competitive edge is what got Tom Brady to the top in the first place. We spoke with Nicole Gabbana, the director of sports psychology for UMass Athletics, about what it takes to get from a middle-of-the-road draft pick to the top of the league. Yeah, I think one of the things that stands out to me is his intentionality. From what I know, he really sees like the mind and the body as working together. So he's taken a lot of time to prepare himself mentally 
for performance and for practice. So, you know, if I had a, an athlete who was kind of in that middle ground and was looking to improve and excel, I think being really intentional about their training, both mentally and physically, uh, would be a great place to start. Can you define intentionality for us? I think it's being proactive about the way that you train and the way that you build an awareness of your own performance until you know what you're doing and why you might be doing that or why you might be focusing on certain things or certain thoughts or why you might be having certain feelings. When I say the word intentionality, I I mean that we have to start thinking about why we do the things that we do and understanding ourselves better so that we can make adjustments where needed to strive for that peak performance. Can you speak a little bit to how his mindset and this intentionality that he cultivated changed the game? Yeah. To get to this level, you need to have an ultra competitive mentality. You have to want to be the best. But often what I see with athletes sometimes is that the competitiveness looks like constantly comparing themselves to others or putting so much pressure on the outcome or building up these high expectations for themselves that can sometimes lead to disappointment. And when that happens, it's really a misplacement of our attention focus. And what I see with Tom Brady is that he has a very present process focus when he approaches his training, right? So he's super competitive, but he's not focusing on, am I going to get this outcome? If I'm thinking about, you know, what the press is going to say about me or, you know, the outcome of this game or what's going to happen, then that starts to compete with our attention on the things that we want to be focused on during performance. And I I think he's done a lot of work on his mental game to be able to train his focus, to train his attention. Things like, you know, being able to make decisions in the moment. What could us ordinary mortals learn from Tom Brady and the, the mental state that he was able to cultivate? What I really like about Brady's approach is that he really takes ownership of his own process. He's disciplined. He focuses on what he can do. He, he has this internal locus of control of what's in my power to train and work on and how can I put the time and effort into bettering myself. He seems to be less focused on, you know, other people's thoughts or opinions or these external factors that can commonly be distractions and understandably so because we all care about what people think. And there's, there's a lot, you know, as a professional athlete that you can get distracted by, but he seems to have developed an ability to focus on the things that matter and the things that, that are in his control to be able to propel him forward. And with that, I think he has, you know, a very optimistic, positive mindset where he doesn't focus too much on you know, the setbacks or the mistakes, he, he uses them as an opportunity to learn and grow and take information from that. And so I, I think that mentality of, of being able to take ownership, not make excuses and do whatever, you know, whatever is in your control is really admirable. Nicole Cabana is the director of sports psychology for UMass Athletics. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. No problem, Maya. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
we've heard from Tom Brady's teammates at all stages of his career today, but how are the fans feeling? For more on that, we turn to veteran sportscaster Scott Cohen, who covered Tom Brady and the Patriots and worked for ESPN in Boston and in Springfield. He describes how Brady changed the culture and the team. He's been known for his comebacks, I think, in the playoffs, which would include the Super Bowl. I think I saw actually a stat on this this morning. Tom Brady has 14 come-from-behind victories, and the next closest quarterback to him was John Elway with six. And the Super Bowl that they won in 2001, they were down. They got the ball with less than two minutes to go, and Brady drove them down and allowed Adam Vinatieri to kick a game-winning field goal. He's just always been that type of player. When you see a professional athlete, you, you can always tell a lot by the look they have in their eyes. And Brady always had that look in his eye. You know, Patriots fans, for sure, uh, NFL fans can go on YouTube and uh, research that 2001 Super Bowl title and just watch the way he operated in the final minutes of that game. It, it, was, it was uncanny. And that was just the beginning. He's done that over and over and over again. You know, quarterbacks are supposed to be, they call them field generals. And he just had that, that cool calmness and confidence about him. And the other players fed off that. And, you know, the, the records speak for themselves. What's your favorite Tom Brady moment? What's your favorite Patriots moment under him? Well, you know, I, you just have to go back not too long ago. Uh, the fellow that I work closely with at work, he has a, he's got this big poster behind his desk. And it was from one of the Super Bowls. And it was the halftime score. And it was like 28 to six, Atlanta was leading the Patriots. And then they just, you know, in the second half, Brady just took over and they ended up winning the game in overtime. So it was his comeback victories. You know, that the, the one I just described with Atlanta was as special as the one in 2001. He's handsome as the day is long. He's a perfect gentleman. He seems to have the perfect family. Uh, he's always comported himself well with the media. He's as much a businessman off the field as he is on. He's just one of those guys that you'd really have a hard time, you know, finding uh, the chink in the proverbial armor. <laughs> the only thing that Tom Brady ever did negatively is he definitely let the air out of footballs that he was pinched by the NFL for. Oh, so that is a controversial other- statement there, Scott. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just I love having this conversation with, you know, with with Patriot fans, with Tom Brady fans. It's a, you know, did you think he let the air out of the football? It's like, of course he let the air out of the football. <laughs> and they go, "Why why do you say that?" And I'm like, "Because he can." So, that has been his one big uh controversy during his career. Who's the next Brady? We've got, you know, Matt Mac Jones leading the Patriots now. There's Josh Allen with the Bills. There's Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Who's the next Brady? Well, I'll tell you, the guy that's kind of caught my eye is uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. That kid is unbelievable. It's his second year in the NFL. He started LSU, won the Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, number one draft pick. And now he's taken the Cincinnati Bengals, the upset specials, to this year's Super Bowl. So I think, you know, a lot of the a lot of the folks that you just mentioned and Joe Burrow, there's a wonderful crop of young players who, you know, are in charge now of carrying the flag in the NFL. 
But the thing that really made Tom Brady so successful was the fact that he was able to stay on the field as long as he was. He took optimum care of himself. You know, we're all familiar with with his uh, workout regime. So his records will stand because I, I just don't think anyone will stay on the field long enough to break them. Scott Cohen is a longtime sports broadcaster based in Boston and Springfield. Thank you so much for speaking with us. You bet. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the And Another Thing page on NEPM.org for more episodes. I'm Dara Kennedy. I'm Maya Schwader. You can also reach us at andanotherthing at NEPM.org. Thanks for listening and have a great evening.